Hey guys, welcome to the Doula Diaries. I'm Heidi. I'm the host of the Birth Story Podcast, which drops birth story episodes and expert interviews every Thursday. I'm also the author of the Birth Story Pregnancy Guidebook and Journal. It is everything, 529 pages of everything that you need to know to prepare for your birth. You can get that at birthstory.com. And I am also the content creator for Birth Story Academy, where you go for online learning from a virtual doula. You can also get into my private Facebook community through Birth Story Academy. And here on Tuesdays is where we meet for doula diaries. So welcome. Okay, part two. I promised I would get to the doula diaries on SPED. I just wanted to make sure that I gave you guys my perspective on everything that's going on the news right now with the leaked document, with um, the possibility of overturning Roe v. Wade. So I just made that a separate episode because it just deserved its own, um, its own opinion, if you will. So... This week, we're talking about SPED and a hundred percent an acronym that I made up when I was creating Birth Story Academy and writing the Birth Story Pregnancy Guidebook and Journal. So SPED stands for Station, Position, Effacement, and Dilation. And we're going to get into what each of those things are and why it's important. And I'm going to try to do it in as short a period of time as possible. Before we get started, I got really good news this week from Anja Health. And if you've listened to episode 88 or any of the doula diaries, you hear me talk about cord blood and tissue banking a lot with Anja Health. And their company is anjahealth.com is the way that you can look it up. So they gave me a special code this whole time that was $100 off, which it's $199 for a kit, if you don't know me or the Birth Story podcast. But with code Birth Story, they like doubled down for Birth Story listeners, and they are taking $180 off and making the kit just $20, which essentially covers shipping for birth story podcast listeners only using code birth story. So a little bit about Anja Health and my story, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, is my son Jagger has cerebral palsy. He had an injury at birth from a double nuchal cord. That's where the cord was wrapped twice around his neck very tightly and he suffered a stroke. Now, you're listening to a birth podcast, you guys, and I'm a doula. This is very, 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 very rare, okay? So don't let that scare you. What I want to teach you about is what no one taught me, and that is when we walked into the neurologist's office after learning that my son had cerebral palsy and had suffered a stroke, the very first question I was asked was, did you bank his cord blood? And I flashed back to getting that brochure in the OBGYN office when you're like six weeks pregnant or 12 weeks pregnant with genetic testing. And I threw it in the trash can. I was like, I can't afford that. 
Um, and I didn't even take time to learn about it. So I would love for you guys to go back and listen to episode 88. I interviewed the CEO of the company. Spoiler, her brother also had cerebral palsy. And we really bonded on that and why her family has this company and how banking cord blood and tissue can really change, enhance, I would like to use the word save, but probably legally can't use that, individuals' lives because we never know what's in store, right? Like, yes, your probably child is probably not going to have leukemia, but they might. Yes, your, pro- your child is probably not going to have a traumatic brain injury, but they might. So like any things that we get in life, like I go buy health insurance and catastrophic this and life insurance and I carry car insurance and different things. This isn't necessarily insurance, um, but it is something that could significantly help your family. So I hope you'll consider banking your cord blood with Angel Health. And use code BURSTORY, and you can get that for 20 bucks. The kit, get started. Okay, let's talk about station position effacement and dilation, everything you need to know during a cervical exam, and why your baby station is the most critical number, in my opinion. Now, like all things BURSTORY, I love to write the guides. So if you want to learn more about this and like have paper and words and printed out, then you can go to birthstory.com under the workbook tab, put in your email address and you can download it for free. Um, But there are a couple of things as a doula I want to talk to you about. And that is what I want to tell you about really is that cervical exams are not mandatory. No one can do anything to your body without your permission. So if you do not consent to a vaginal exam, They cannot give you one. Hope you heard that. This is your body and your choice. Very rarely is there a medical reason for a cervical exam. Most of the time, these are very optional and for the convenience of your provider. Every now and then your your provider may have a medical reason And you ask them, could you share with me what the medical reason is for performing an internal vaginal exam? Discuss the pros of that, the cons of that, why it's being offered, why it's necessary. I'm not a fan of vaginal exams. If you listen to the podcast, I'm not definitely not a fan of vaginal exams when you're pregnant. Now, in your birthing time or in your labor, like they have a place, okay? If, let's give an example, if you were planning a completely unmedicated birth and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, changed my plans. I do not want to do this unmedicated anymore. As your doula slash virtual doula, I would be like, pause, hold on. How about... Before we make a major decision that is the opposite of your birth preferences um, from an unmedicated birth to, let's say, an epidural, why don't we just do a quick cervical exam and just make sure you're not 10 centimeters dilated plus two station and about to push a baby out? That is a great time for um, a non-medically necessary cervical exam that could give you information that could help you change your plans. Okay. 
So if you choose at any point to have a cervical exam, maybe it's in triage and you're like, I just want to know if I should be here, if I'm really in active labor, if I should go home. That would be another reason some people opt for a vaginal exam. But there are five things I want you to ask, and I want you to remember the acronym SPED, S-P-E-D, SPED. Have your birth partner write them down. And the one thing that I'm going to tell you right now is progress of labor is not measured by dilation, period. I am a doula who has never, ever put my hands inside anyone's vagina besides my own, but I can tell you exactly where you're at in your labor 99% of the time. Well, probably maybe 95% of the time. Every now and again, I get thrown off if the baby's like in an OP position or there's a short cord or some complication that I wouldn't necessarily know. But by your sounds, your symptoms, the bulge in your back, where it feels good to push on your body or not push on your body, what your pupils look like, what the dark line on your bottom looks like, if your anus is dilating. There's so many physical things palpating your uterus to see how strong it is that I can tell if we're in early labor or if you're in transition or your fetal ejection reflex is going, you're about to push a baby out. So progress for me, never measured by dilation. And in fact, I have tons of dual clients who never, ever get a vaginal exam. So here's what the five things are. Station, position, effacement, and dilation. Station, to me, it's the most important number. This is where your baby is in regard to your pelvis and your ischial spines. So if your baby is kind of still high, you may receive a number like negative three, negative two. However, as the baby's head, your baby's head becomes more engaged, deep squats help. Some spinning babies moves like uh, Walchers is another one to help get the baby's head to come down if the baby's really high and sideline release. So those are great positions that you can look up on spinningbabies.com when the baby's station is high. Anything positive is a really great, great sign of labor progression. So that's where the head is beyond the ischial spines, plus one, plus two. Um, If you get a vaginal exam and you are 10 centimeters dilated, but your baby's head is a negative two station, you may be laboring for a little while longer than if you were like 10 centimeters dilated and the head was very low and well engaged at a plus two station. So in my guide online, there's a picture, you guys, a visual of this, of negative five all the way to plus five. So um, spinning babies will also teach you that if you get a vaginal exam, based on your baby's station, that is what dictates or directs certain labor positions like I just talked about. So make sure you hire a doula who's trained in spinning babies. So the P, the P is for position. And we're looking for two different things in a cervical exam, if possible. Okay. So your baby may be head down, but what position are they in? Like LOA, ROA, ROP, LOP, uh, LOT, ROT. Again, there's diagrams for all of these things, you guys, on birthstory.com under this uh, workbook tab and in the SPED handout. But position of your baby, 
uh, many of your providers can tell the position of the baby in it with a vaginal exam. They can also tell you the position of your cervix. So earlier in labor, the, the cervix may be very posterior in the back towards your butt. As your labor progresses, it becomes more mid position, kind of in the center, and then becomes anterior, kind of in the front. So that's a sign of labor progression. As the, if the baby is rotating into an LOA position, so left side, occiput anterior, meaning like their head is down and they're facing down, that's a good sign of labor progression. If your cervix has moved from posterior to mid-center or anterior, that's a great sign of labor progression also. So those are the two P's for position. Then E is effacement. Effacement essentially means thinning of the cervix. How thin is your cervix? So your cervix starts out thick and closed, you know, four centimeters or so thick, and then it becomes zero centimeters thick. So zero percent or a hundred percent effaced when it's very thin. So um, if it's still very thick um, at like in four centimeters long, essentially, you may be zero percent effaced. This is just an example, like two centimeters, maybe 50 percent effaced, that type of thing. So when your cervix is fully thinned out, your cervix is considered a hundred percent effaced. So the E is effacement. Effacement indicates labor progression also. So if you get a vaginal exam and you're three centimeters dilated, 50% effaced, negative three station, and your next cervical exam, you're three centimeters dilated, but 90% effaced in a zero station, you have made tremendous progress in your labor right? Tremendous. That means that your contractions that are long and strong are making change. So S for station, P for position of baby and cervix, E for effacement. And then last, D is last for a reason because it's the least important number to me and that's dilation. So dilation refers to the opening of the cervix. It is an absolute myth that you need to be 10 centimeters dilated to feel the urge to push. Most people in an unmedicated first-time birther, they may feel the urge to bear down around 7 or 8 centimeters dilated. So the test is, can you breathe through it? If you can breathe through it, it's not the fetal ejection reflex and you're probably not 10 centimeters plus 2 or more. You're maybe like eight centimeters dilated in a zero station, but still that pressure could make you feel like you want to push, but it's only time to push when you're unmedicated, when your uh, fetal ejection reflex triggers. If you have an epidural and you're feeling like a lot of pressure and like maybe you want to bear down, um, that is a good time for a cervical check. Like let's check and make sure that the cervix is fully dilated so that it is safe to push and you don't do something like tear your cervix by pushing too soon. Most full-term babies will require a completely open cervix at 10 centimeters, but if you are in preterm or early labor, sometimes the cervix may only open to five or six centimeters, and that's enough room for a preemie or micro preemie to pass through. So SPED, you guys, station, position, effacement, dilation, talk to all your partners, write it down. If you get a vaginal exam at any point, please Ask your provider for all five of those markers in the four-letter acronym SPED. 
I hope you guys have a great week. If you want to know all of these things and more, I would love for you to join me in class at Birth Story Academy. It is online. It is self-paced. It's taught by me, Adula. It's signed off on by Dr. John Thorpe. So an OBGYN who's the head of obstetrics at Chapel Hill. And it's all medically accurate because of that. So you've got a really cool perspective between like doula and OBGYN. And I really made it hospital prep intensive on understanding hospital policies and protocols and like when to go to the hospital and like what the heck happens in triage and like what do they want to do to you and then pros and cons and risks and benefits and intuition for all the decisions you have to make. So it's a very, very cool class and everyone that listens to the podcast can get $20 off with code BIRTHSTORYFRIEND. And so I hope to see you in class. Have a great week.